0: Y'all, it's Betsy with the Dickey Foundation, and you're listening to Dickey's Doing Good, the podcast where we tell good stories about good people doing good things in the community. I'm thrilled because my guest today is SHIELD 616 founder Jake Skifstad. Jake was with the Colorado Springs Police Department for almost 14 years, and then founded the nonprofit SHIELD 616 at the end of 2015. The Dickey Foundation has partnered with Shield One Six One Six 616 and provides they provide protective armor for first responders. Thanks for joining me, Jake.
1: Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely wonderful.
0: Well, wonderful. So for those folks who don't know you quite as well as I do, uh, tell us about yourself, your law enforcement career, and your work with 616. So, uh, you know, I was very blessed to be a police officer here in Colorado Springs. Uh,
1: that was the only thing I ever wanted to do ever since a little child. I don't know what got me turned on to it, but that was my dream to be a police officer. And I was able to do that here in Colorado Springs uh, for just under 14 years. And and i loved it Uh, we have a great community here and in a great department and uh, obviously now i'm you know we're here to talk a little bit more about shield 616 and and you know why i started that uh, actually involves a lot of violence and in my career uh two specific situations uh i was involved in two different active shooters and uh, going back to december of 2007 i was on patrol at the time and I was one of the patrol officers that responded uh, to the new life church active shooter. And then later in my career, I was very blessed to be part of our special response team. And I was one of the the SWAT guys that responded to the Planned Parenthood active shooter. And in that one, we had five officers shot. Unfortunately, first one was killed and, and, and that was on top of, you know, unfortunately the civilians that were shot and killed. And so, uh, you know, how a shield started actually, you know, it goes back quite away is to that first one the new life church active shooter. And, and in that shooting, um, I was never in harm's way. Uh, you know, I got there later and one of the things that I was asked to do while on scene was to guard the deceased suspect's body. And so for hours I stood there alone in that hallway with that individual. And I had a chance to, to look at what he was wearing. I had a chance to look at, you know, his backpack and it was, you know, it was partially open. So you could kind of see, you know, his reloading supplies and, and the thing that got you know, to me, it, you know, it got to all of us, you know, we as police officers, when we go to a critical incident, you're always playing that what if game. You know, what if I would have been the first officer here? What if, What would have been my tactics? What, you know, how would I have come into this building? How would I have engaged with this suspect? And I can guarantee you, you know, it wasn't just me thinking about what we were all thinking. About. You know, how would I, as a police officer, who is expected to protect my community from whatever threat comes their way, how would I have come here and engaged with this suspect who had a rifle? And at this point in my career as a patrol officer, I have no protection against a rifle threat. You know, the vest that I was wearing, and this is very common across the whole country, and, and you know that, uh, is we wear a soft vest. And those soft vests are designed to only stop handgun calibers. So, you know, that really affected me and the rest of the officers. And so that started me kind of on a trajectory of you know i went out i pieced together a vest it wasn't quite right and i had to spend my own money and and i actually bought the rifle rated plates off of craigslist from a retiring army sergeant and a lot of people you know kind of chuckle at it but you now i think about it though you know i'm going out there as a police officer you know defending my community and now i'm having to try and find something off a of craigslist to keep me safe while i'm doing that so you know and that's no fault colorado springs this is an issue all across the country. It's an issue here, it's an issue where you're at, there in Dallas, and and it's all over the place. And a lot of it has to just do with, you know, the way we respond to certain situations. We no longer wait for a SWAT team. You know, when people's lives are being taken, we can't wait. So just the way we respond the way we train, you know, now those first patrol officers, you know, or that first patrol officer, you know, we're going in there to start engaging that suspect and to either stop that threat or to turn that threat's attention onto us instead of the innocent civilians. And so for departments, you know, and I can only talk to about Colorado Springs. You know, we got a great SWAT team, you know, roughly 20 people. And, you know, they've got the good armor. They got the big guns, uh, the training, the armored vehicles. But if it's a true active shooter situation, they're thrown out the window. And obviously these aren't going to be a, a planned op where they're going to be ready and rolling. And so now our chief, instead of looking at roughly 20 guys, he now has to look at 702 guys and and men and women to to equip with that same gear. And so it's just an astronomical difference in providing that gear. So, you know, again, it's no fault of any agency. It's just, it's extremely expensive stuff. And just the way that we're we're engaging now is is totally different. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so I did that and, you know, I pieced together that vest. I at least had something to go home to my wife and kids, you know, and and it wasn't quite right, but it was something. So then fast forward to 2015. And, um, you know, I really, you know, this was obviously after what happened in Ferguson. Uh, This is after what happened in Baltimore. Um, But, uh, you know, what I saw here in Colorado Springs, you know, really started to bother me. And this doesn't really have to do anything with gear, but more what law enforcement's going through. And one of the reasons why I started SHIELD um, but you know, I started to notice here in Colorado Springs that um, we we're we we're growing like a lot of communities, and we're getting busier, busier. But we're just seeing almost a, a blatant disrespect or a challenge to authority. And law enforcement's always been hard. Law enforcement's always been dangerous, but it seems like it's only getting harder and it's only getting more dangerous. And what I started to notice here in the Springs was. We're getting less and less people want to be a police officer and you know people are seeing what what law enforcement's going through you know a lot of times in that media and what i started to notice was we were becoming a very reactive police department we weren't being proactive you know us patrol guys the face of the department we're not getting out there going and interacting with you know, the members of the community, I don't have time to stop and talk to that kid or talk to that family out in their yard. I don't have time to swing by, you know, my baby favorite Dickie's
0: barbecue <laughs> and chat
1: with them. You know, it's more along the lines of, I need to get in here and get my food and get going. And so now I can't go to Dickie's and be like, hey, I know Betsy there, she's a great person. I know her by name and i formed this relationship. Now it's just, you're just another employee, and I got to get in there and get out. And that and it doesn't matter the business, it could be, you know, uh, food and gas stations. You know, that's typically where cops are, you know, trying to get something to drink, coffee, using the restroom, or trying to get something to eat. Yeah. And, you know, we were missing that opportunity to have that relationship. It's so critical to have those relationships. So when something does happen, you know, later down the line, you know, we could talk about a a bunch of different situations, you know, probably the most recent has been George Floyd. You know, when you see something like that happens, it is so good for that police officer to have that relationship with Betsy at Dickey's because now, you know, Betsy might have some questions, you know, or that civilian might have some questions or that pastor might have some questions and they have a direct connection with somebody that they can talk to and probably ask some pretty tough questions. And, you know, what do you think of this, Jake? You know, I, I really want to know your opinion. And, and you know, and, and so it is so critical to have that relationship, you know, not only just for that reason, but for a whole bunch of other stuff. And, and I started to notice that and it started to bug me. And, and, and I just started to think, you know, what can I do you know we got to be intentional about this relationship building and it doesn't matter again if it's an individual a business a church a foundation a community group we as police officers have got to be out there and be that face and be that voice and a lot and a lot of times it's just helping educate the community and but it's also telling the community when they see something in the news obviously george floyd was pretty far over here pretty late you know he did something very very wrong But people need to know that the law enforcement community was very also mad at what they saw. And that is not how we train, and that does not represent what vast majority of officers are out
0: there doing I actually interviewed recently a, a, one of the police officers here in Dallas who teaches the active bystandership for law enforcement and that that was one of the things that really came out of that and it is it is that better training but to your point that community outreach and community engagement that officers are doing on a day in day out business basis is so important and you know I'm sure you you probably get the similar questions that we do people are like well you know it's is it political supporting the police Absolutely not. This is one hundred percent about, as you said, making sure that officer goes home to their loved ones every night. That's a hundred percent what it is. Nobody hates yep. a bad cop more than a good cop. Uh, so, so, so for us and and for you all, I think that it's it's why these partnerships are so important.
1: Yeah, and you know, and when, when people do see that situation, they, well, I know Officer Jake, and I know Officer Jake's not like you know, and but for a lot of our community members. You know, they don't have an interaction with law enforcement, or it might be a negative interaction, or they might only hear of negative things. And so, you know, and, and I really do believe, you know, one of the things that I, I really am trying to be intentional about is, you know, targeting that younger generation, you know, your early teens, your preteens, your children, and giving them a positive interaction with a police officer. That is so important. And it might be just a short little something, whether you hand out a whatever baseball card, a canine dog card, or just having a high five or, you know, just something because, you know, that will eventually hopefully turn into a healthy respect later on. You know, they were, that memory, that positive memory will be something positive, but you know, law enforcement has become so busy. We don't have time to do that positive stuff. So that started to bug me. and, And so I just started to think, you know, what can I do? You know, what can one man do to influence, you know, a whole community, let alone a whole country. And, And that's when, you know, the Lord just started to lay on my heart, obviously, what is now SHIELD 616. But but it wasn't until 2015, later in my career, as I'm starting to get these ideas and building this, and I was really concerned specifically about the rifle stuff. You know, I've been involved in a handful of situations outside of that first shooting, the first um, New Life trajectory shooter, where it was just like, you know, we've got to find a way to get this armor. Uh, You know, we're out here, you know, rifles are not as uncommon as some people might think, you know, and, um, you know, we don't have protection against that. So, started to get this vision, God just started to work on me. And, you know, it was in 2015 when, you know, the, the green light, the light bulb turned on. And, you know, I had this idea of what would it look like if we rallied the local community. And we said, hey, would you be willing to get behind a nonprofit that's donating the best rifle-rated armor out there available to not only help protect our protectors, but what would it look like if we went above and beyond that and we allowed for that donor, again, a business, a church, a foundation, an individual, whoever, the opportunity to come to what we call a best presentation. And you got to come one-to-one here just a couple weeks ago. um,
0: It was fantastic. presentation (laughs) where you get to see all that gear lined up. And
1: you get to see, wow, or you get to realize, man, that party something big here. And, and, and not only get to see, you know, for a donor standpoint, exactly where your money went, you actually get to see the fruits of your work and your generosity. But more than that, you get to see that officer or that deputy or that game warden or that firefighter standing behind that vest. And you get to see them receive that vest and then to take a group picture and to stand proudly with them and to tell the community, you know, we're, we are behind our first responders. We do support them. We are thankful for what they're doing. Um, you know, imagine what that would look like. And so we got that idea in 2015 and, and obviously went through the process of forming a nonprofit. And, and, and then, you know, it was just so insane at the end of 2015, uh, you know, Black Friday specifically, uh, and, uh, I'll never forget that day when that swap pager went off that morning. And, uh, you know, when I went, I, you know, and I, I wasn't on call and I'd gotten that week off for Thanksgiving at family town, and, but I still read the page and, and I'll just never forget. I literally froze and I just reread it and I couldn't believe it. and said, you know, active shooter at Planned Parenthood with multiple officers down. And I just went, oh my gosh, you know, like, and so, you know, I could sit here and talk to you for two hours about all that transpired that day and again we had unfortunately multiple civilians shot and killed we had five police officers shot unfortunately one was killed and, and you know i could talk about all the things that we had to go through that day as, as a police department dealing with a true active shooter and unfortunately another individual that had a high capacity you know a full automatic rifle and um you know and, and it is different when you when, when i say true active shooter you have a different individual, a different mindset from that suspect, um, you know, they're out there, their only intent is to kill and they don't care who they're killing. Uh, they just want to kill. And, and so it is different than a lot of those different shootings that do happen. But, you know, what that did that day, you know, we already had the vision of SHIELD 616, but it really drove home that sense of urgency. And it drove home that sense of urgency of our law enforcement this. Our law enforcement need the support from our community, because now if you think about, you know, now Jake has that great relationship with Betsy and Dickie's, She can reach out to Jake, how are you doing? We're broken for you. How can we support you? And and I want to tell you, it's so critical to have that support from outside an officer's small little bubble, you know, you know, we have, we take our family for granted. We take our coworkers for granted, uh, but to have somebody outside the law enforcement community supporting you like that. Is unlike the other two and it's so critical. And I found myself in that and I was missing that. So you, you know, that's Dickie's foundation, Dickie's barbecues all over the place, or whoever have such an amazing opportunity to not only help protect, but man, to help protect up here. And you know, it, we all know it's tough. And to have people get behind that effort is a big deal, and to know when I go into that restaurant, you know, Dickie's restaurant, to get smiling faces or to get a thank you, it's not just about me going in there and getting food. It's, a, it's, it's, it's so much more. So, and so after that shooting, uh, you know, we just really launched it with a sense of urgency of we've got to move fast. And and so we have been doing the best we can for the last six years of rallying the community, rallying individuals, rallying businesses, foundations, churches, whoever's willing to listen to us and get behind that effort and you guys have just been phenomenal on so many different occasions and and a lot of times it is, you know, we're here in Colorado Springs and a lot of your effort thankfully has been here, you know, where we are, but um, you guys have just been so phenomenal getting behind that effort, not only with the gear, but also uh, just meeting some really awesome Dickies Barbecue employees and having that support and, you know, to be able to have, uh, you know, some different restaurant owners, you know, from Dickies to have their cell phone You know, there's been a couple times I've texted them and said, hey there's an officer down in Denver, would you please be praying for him? We need, we need that now. They're always like, yes, absolutely. What's well, that's cool. And not necessarily cool about that, but it's interesting. They're saying, thank you for telling me. That's important for me to, I want to know that. And, and so, um, you know, that's what we've been doing. And, uh, you know, it's just been so cool to see it grow and, and we're all over the place. And. And uh, we're just blessed to do what we do. And we're trying to protect our protectors and support them and, and bringing a whole bunch of people with us from their local community to, to rally around
0: them. So, well, and for us, we're, really- we're so lucky because we do have a, we have a wonderful ownership group and a lot of great owners there in, in, in Denver, Colorado Springs, in Colorado. Uh, and so that that's a really nice partnership for us that, that has been, been really wonderful. And so kind of thinking back on your, your law enforcement career, you dealt with a lot of really intense situations. I mean, you had multiple active shooters which, as you said, this is different than a regular call you're getting, where someone has a gun. An active shooter is a very different, very much more dangerous kind of situation. What would you tell someone who was interested in going into law law enforcement and joining uh, joining Colorado Springs PD? Don't
1: believe everything that you're seeing in the media, and and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying all media, um, but you know, if you think about it, and let's just let's just talk about George Floyd for a quick second. If you look at that day. Obviously, that was a horrible, horrible situation and way wrong, uh, way, way, way wrong. But look at what happened that day in the United States as a whole. How many millions of calls did our law enforcement go on across the United States and not one other thing got reported on? And what does that mean? They were out there doing their job as they should. They were out there putting their lives on the line. They were out there making a difference. They were out there doing this job and, and doing it right. And so I tell folks, don't base your decision on this based on what you're seeing in the media. Law enforcement is a calling. It is a true calling. It is a very noble profession. You do get to make a difference every single day that you're out there. Um, but you know, it, it is one thing that I think with what I've learned and I tell folks now is don't do this alone. Uh, you can't be a cop alone. You can't rely just on other cops. You've really got to be intentional about this little bubble that you make and you're going to make it. I promise you. But you've got to be able to expand that bubble outside of law enforcement. You've got to have the, the, norm, the normal humans that are out there, <laughs> everyday citizens, the average Joe, uh, whatever, because you cannot always be in your law enforcement world. It's just going to destroy you up here. And I noticed that with me. Um, you know, you do, you do really become tated. Uh, you do really. I think unlike any other profession out there, even some of the other first responders, law enforcement has a very different look at their community because of what they have to deal with in their community. And I think they really get to see the raw side of their community and what that community really is. And a lot of times that's hard. And so what I'll just tell them, I'll encourage them. I'll tell them, you can have a lot of fun on this job. It really is very rewarding. There's a lot of very fun things to do, a lot of adrenaline, but also understand that can change in, in an instant. And you can be in a deadly force situation. You can be dealing with something extremely serious, or you can be watching something on the news going, Oh my gosh, our community is watching the same thing. And they're all thinking that officer Jay is that exact officer on that news doing a horrible thing. and yeah. And that affects you. And so, but you just, you just got to understand that a vast majority of our community does support us. They're just not on the news. We don't interact with them because they don't need police services. Uh, but understand this community is worth fighting for. And, and you really will get a lot of rewards and, and and fun. And you know, it's just it's so unique. And so I encourage you know, I tell them don't be afraid. You know You're gonna get good training. But it all comes down to you. You are the officer that has to justify everything you say, everything you do. And obviously, when you start dealing with force and deadly force, you absolutely have to justify it. And and I do talk about those because that's where a lot of people are afraid of. Uh, Right now, there's a lot of people afraid about the use of force, deadly force, um, but that is part of this job. And there's no getting around that. You know, it was my hope in my career that I would never have to use deadly force. I never wanted to use my gun. Um, You know, unfortunately, outside know, uh, as part of our, our tactical unit, I, I did have to. And uh, it's not Hollywood, it's not glamorous. And, but at the same time, even in that hard situation of having to pull that trigger, there's no doubt in my mind and I can sleep peacefully that I was in the right place at the right time, protecting my community. And that individual forced my hand. So um, I, I do nothing but encourage them. I tell them, don't look at what you see. Um, you can be that light, but it's up to you. It's up to you to be the type of police officer that you're gonna be. and. Um, You know, a vast
0: majority of them are out there doing the right thing and making a huge difference. Absolutely, and you mentioned that you creating your own little bubble. And you've got you're you're, you're married, and your wife has been really involved uh, with six one six. Talk to me about you know starting this up together and, and her involvement. And you know is, is she sleeping better since you're doing six one six and not out on not out on the streets in the same way?
1: Well, obviously, running a nonprofit is way different than being a police officer. So, so yes, it's
0: it's a little it's a little less dangerous. <laughs> so
1: yes, she does think well, but obviously at the same time. Uh, you know, for her, you know, I was a police officer. You know, before we were married, and, and I met her, and and, and so she—that's the only thing she has known—is I go out and I do this job. And she kisses me goodbye, and there it is—that there is that reality of am I going to come home? And and so it is a stress. And a lot of times people are focused on that first responder, and you forget about that support system he or she has behind those scenes. And a lot of times that's that spouse, that's that wife, that's that husband, those kids, and. And it's not easy on them. And and so, uh, you know, when I, was on, when I was starting S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, she was 100% behind it because of, you know, what we were doing and what we were giving. Uh, but when I went full-time and I left a very secure job, you know, I don't think there's any other job out there besides maybe our military where you have such good job security as you know, a police officer. Um, but to lose that, you know, that was a big step of faith, you know, for me and her to go into the crazy nonprofit profit world and, and have a crazy <laughs> roller coaster um but looking back um it was absolutely the right thing to do, and we are so blessed now to be able to do what we're doing and and um you know we're just so both so encouraged to see you know we've been able to see a different side of our community now and i needed that because like i said earlier you get jaded you only deal with a small fraction of your community even if you deal with the good members of the community even if i dealt with betsy in a traffic accident you're not having a good day if I deal with Betsy on any call, something's not right. <laughs> and so you're usually, a lot of times, we see a lot of good people not in a very good moment. And, and obviously, we can be different people in a bad moment. And so to be able to see the good side of the community for me it was really cool to see, to have all these different people stepping up and, and to really get to know individuals and really get to know not only businesses, and this is Doc Dickies, um, you know. Great food. That's
0: what most people think about Dickies, I think, Uh, You know, but but now I've gotten to
1: know some of these employees and these managers and these owners and uh, you know, even for a foundation, you know, there's so much more behind the business than just. There's so much more behind the church than you know what you might think a church is or, or whatever, or even an individual. Oh man, they're really good people. I kind of knew him, but I didn't realize what they stood for and what they're doing. So so that's been a lot of fun and very encouraging and and to really rally all those people behind our law enforcement. It's, 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 it's got
0: a lot of fun. Thanks so much for tuning into the first part of my interview with Jake Skifstad with SHIELD 616. Please tune in next week for part two of our interview.